Hello, Gold Rush. Um, I am Jolie Bernard, as some people know. Um, <laughs> I will be a junior at Duluth High School this year. Yeah, Wildcats. <laughs> um, let me pray before we go ahead and start. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for this awesome opportunity you've given me, God. I pray that you would just calm my nerves and that you would just speak through me to just say whatever you want to say, God. I thank you for doing all of the things that you've done in my life to bring me to a place now where I can share it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So I am going to tell you a little bit about myself first. Um, Here's a picture of my family. Selfie at Disney World. Awesome. And then here's another picture of my family, and that is my grandparents and my cousins. And um, I have had a lot of struggles with friends in my life. And my family has been something that has always stayed the same. And something that there are people that have always been there for me. And I will always say that my sister and my cousin, Abby Grace, are always going to be my best friends. And um, she's right there. (laughs) Um, Okay, but I'm going to tell you my story. Um, I'm going back to second grade. I went to Perimeter Christian School, first through eighth grade. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I'm starting in second grade. And uh, the classes, if you don't know, if you didn't go to Perimeter, the classes at Perimeter in elementary school are, like, extremely small. There were eight people in my second grade class. And um, the girls in my class were not bad. They just did not include everybody everybody being me, and um, so I remember a certain story. We were on the playground, playgrounds, uh, in second grade, and they were all talking about how they went to a party, uh, one of my friend's birthday parties this weekend, and uh, everybody was invited besides me, and I was like, awesome. Um, That hurt a lot, and that kind of started a lot of lies in my head, and I started to believe that I wasn't good enough for friends because of that, and I carried that through third through seventh grade, and I made friends, I pushed them away, I made friends, and I pushed them away, and that was just kind of how it went. I was just really bad at friendships, and um, I just thought it was because I wasn't good enough to be a friend because that's what I learned in second grade. And then in eighth grade, um, I was a dancer. Here's a dance picture. Um, uh, I started to feel not good enough for myself anymore. So the feeling of not being good enough for friends was there as well. But then now I was like, I don't feel good enough for myself. I felt like if maybe I looked a certain way or maybe I acted a certain way, then more people would like me. And so um, I did not like the way that I looked. So I was like, maybe I'll do something to change that. And so I stopped eating in eighth grade for about four months, and uh, I barely ate anything, and I became anorexic, and that was kind of, not kind of, that was hard, that was very hard, to be in that place of really feeling not good enough that I would bring myself to that low, and my dance teacher was the person that helped me get out of that. She was always praying for me, and she always encouraged me after class, and she always, she really was the person that got me out of that time in my life, and she kept pointing me back to God, and I wasn't, like, a huge God person, a perimeter. I was like, okay, whatever. I get, I'm in Bible class. So I didn't, really, I didn't really have a relationship with God at perimeter. Um, but she helped me get out of that and find my attention from God. And so then I went to Duluth High School. And um, 
that was so exciting. I was like, finally, I can get away from these people I've been to school with for eight years, and nobody will know me, and it was just, I was so excited. And so I went to this school where nobody knew who I was. I didn't know anybody. And I walked in with the mindset of, I'm going to be popular. Just watch. And that didn't happen. But um, I thought it was going to. And I wanted a lot of friends. And so um, I did have some friends. I made some friends freshman year. But they were not the best influences on me. They were really, they kind of just, they, they weren't Christians. They, they didn't live a lifestyle that I was trying to live, trying to follow the people that I look up to. Um, but I was somehow just drawn to them. And we hung out a lot. And then, ninth grade, people started getting boyfriends. And, like, we didn't do that at Perimeter Christian School. So that was new. <laughs> and I was very excited. I was like, cool, new stuff. And so... I was like, yeah, I am going to go in, I'm going to get a boyfriend, and, like, my life is going to be awesome. Yeah, that didn't happen either. And um, so I didn't get a boyfriend in ninth grade, like I wanted to. And I started to feel like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough for a boyfriend. And that very quickly became a lot to deal with because I already felt not good enough for friends. I already felt not good enough for myself. And now I really didn't feel good enough for a boyfriend. I hated that feeling. I hate feeling not good enough. So I tried to shove those feelings down with different material things. Um, I turned to pornography in ninth grade, and it became an addiction. And you don't hear that from a lot of girls, but um, it's definitely something that's tempting, and it's definitely something that's real. People do struggle with it. And um, that became very hard because I pushed God really far. I was like, I feel guilty, so you go over there. And um, that was kind of my ninth grade year. It was just stressful and not feeling good enough. But then ninth, tenth grade happened, and oh my goodness, it was just, oof, it was a rough year. I got really dark because of all of these lies. I really, it was a struggle to just go to school, and a struggle to just live my life, and I was like, oh, this is so awful. I just want to sleep all day. Um, but there was a really bad week in my sophomore year, and I got really, really depressed. It was a serious depression that I have never been that low before. Um, I just wanted to cry all the time, and I just remember, like, everything was so dark in my life. Everything seemed so awful. And it was because of all these lies that I had been continuing to build up, and they were just on the front of my mind now. And that was not an easy thing to deal with. And during this week of my extreme darkness, my friends decided to have a lot of drama and tension in my friend group, and it was great. Um, it was super stressful, and I was so annoyed. But then, on Friday of that week, one of them texted me, and she was like, um, she basically was like, we're blaming you for all of this. This is all your fault. I was like, are you serious? And for me, that was just kind of the point of, like, proof that I wasn't good enough. That was somebody honestly just told me, like, you know what, we're tired of you, like, you, you keep messing everything up, and I was like, oh my gosh, and I hated that pain, I've never been in such pain in my life, and I kind of felt like maybe um, the pain was so deep that if I hurt myself, that it would go away, so I cut myself in April of the, my sophomore year, and I have never felt so dark in my entire life, and I will totally say that that was my rock bottom, that was my absolute 
rock bottom. And I think that sometimes it takes us hitting rock bottom before we give ourselves to God. And I can definitely attest to that because I reached out to my mom after that. And she got me a counselor that is, oh my gosh, she's amazing. She's been such a blessing in my life. And I'm so thankful for her. And I'm so thankful for everything that she's taught me. And in May of this year, this is not Presbyterian, but I got baptized. I got dunked, which is, I'm not allowed to promote or anything. But here's a picture of that. Um, That was a life-changing thing for me. Um, It was just a physical way of me to say, like, yeah, God, you you can take it all. And so as I was thinking about, you know, sharing all this stuff, um, I was looking in Jonah. And so there are two verses in Jonah that I'm going to read. The first one is Jonah 1.5 that says, All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Background info. Um, Jonah was a man of God. That God said, go to Nineveh, which was like way over there, and... Go, like, help them out. Tell them about God. Tell them about me. Tell them about how they can be saved, all that stuff. And Jonah was like, oh, uh, no. So he got on a boat, and he was like, I'm going to go to Tarshish, which is over here. And so he's on this boat disobeying God with all these people, and the storm comes. It's like a huge storm. That's a stool. Um, it's a ginormous storm, and they're, like, fearing for their life. They're like, oh, we're, we are literally going to die. This is going to be it. And so... Um, they decide, okay, maybe it's a good idea if I throw the stuff that I have from the ship into the sea to lighten it. Then we won't die. And seems like a good plan. Okay. They throw the food. They throw whatever else they had in the ship, Bible stuff. I don't know. Um, and then they're like, oh, we're still going to die. And Jonah is continuing to help them throw their stuff off the ship. They're like, yeah, here, you can have this. You know, here, ocean, take this. Uh, we don't need it because we're going to die anyway. Um, but if you look further in the book of Jonah, eventually he gets to Nineveh, but he has to go into a whale for a couple days, and, um, then God, like, spits him out of the whale at Nineveh. It's really great. Um, but verse 15 says, then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. So nothing happened for Jonah in his life until he got thrown overboard, He threw all their stuff out, all the stuff, but nothing happened for him until he went completely overboard. I feel like we do that a lot with God kind of in our life. Like, we might say, you want me to surrender so I don't die? Okay, well then you can take my relationships. Is that, there you go. And then he calls you to, you know, surrender again. You're like, okay, fine, you got my guilt. I don't really want that, so you can have it. And then maybe you're like, Oh, my reputation? Yeah, that's probably, you can have that too. And you just keep throwing stuff out. Stuff at him. Pride. And addiction. And you just keep throwing. Like Jonah and them threw their stuff off the boat. You just kind of keep throwing stuff at God. Like material things. But what happens is that we're standing behind this wall of stuff that we still have control of. Because we haven't given it to God. And... That is a bad place to be because God's like right there and you are on the other side of your stuff. And he's like, I want control. And you're still like, "Uh, these things are still mine. So I'm still going to kind of, you know, tweak things every now and then. And I'm still going to have somewhat of control. 
But that's not at all what God wants from us, at all. And I feel like a lot of people maybe, they probably struggle with actually getting over this wall and getting rid of the wall and throwing themselves overboard because of a couple of reasons. Maybe you are afraid of the presence of God, which sounds weird, but I have a reason. Um, The presence of God is amazing, but you might have some masks on for people. And I definitely did. Going through perimeter, I had so many masks on. Nobody knew any of my stuff. But then, when you go to God, you can't wear masks because he made you. He knows all your stuff. And maybe you're scared of that. Maybe you're like, I'll stand behind this wall of stuff because he's over there and he knows all my crap and I don't really want to share that with him. Or maybe you're, you're scared to give him your stuff because you want it to turn out the way that you want it to turn out. That was me. I was like, I want my stuff to go the way that I want it to go. And I feel like if God takes it, he's going to make it his way, and it's going to be something I don't want. But then, that's just dumb, because you have to look at the Bible, and you have to see God sent his only son to die an extremely brutal death for our sins. That, like, screams love. And if he loves you, why would he not want to give you the life that's best for you? And until I got that, nothing happened. But when I did get that, and when I got baptized, that was just a life-changing moment where I was like, okay, I am ready to come overboard, literally into a pool of water. Um, but maybe you're like, okay, what is surrender? That, like, I, I get what you're saying, but I do not understand what surrender looks like, what I'm supposed to do, and I have a definition for that. So surrender is telling God that he can have the control of everything. In the angry times, the sad times, the depressed times, the frustrating times, and even the times where we don't want to surrender. I don't like that because that means I don't have any control ever. That means that I have to literally say every single morning, okay, take my life. There's a verse in the Bible that says he must deny himself and pick up his cross daily. Daily means every day, and every single day, which is so hard, and I really had a hard time with that, and that is still something that I have to do every day. I have to wake up and be like, God, take my life, and actually, um, Monday night, oh, okay, we were eating at the food trucks, and um, I was sitting by a gutter, and my phone slid into the gutter, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? It's the first day of Gold Rush, and I don't have a phone now because it's in the gutter. And I was like, I just kind of stood back, and I was like, hold on. I am talking about surrender. This is probably a test. And so I was like, okay, God, you want my phone? You can have my phone. That's what you want? I do like my phone a lot, but if you want it, you can have it. And then Amelia Hood climbed in a gutter and got it out, and it was perfect. So... (laughs) (laughs) that was a really cheesy example of surrender but it worked um but maybe for you you're still like I don't know like I feel like I'm ready to surrender but how do I do that and sometimes it really does take a physical way to do things and you know I'm not going to baptize anybody or anything like that but um 
I am going to try something, and I think you guys will enjoy it. And before I tell you what to do, I'm going to tell you instructions because this didn't work yesterday. But there are sticky notes on the side. Don't get them yet. Um, and you're going to pass them down the row. And Erica, love you, Erica. Give it up for Erica, guys. Um, is going to pass out pins if you don't have one. And what I want you to do is on one side, I want you to write all the stuff that you want to surrender to God. Maybe it's on the boxes. Maybe it wasn't on the boxes. It's totally up to you. And on the other side, if you don't feel comfortable writing your name, you can write your initials. But write something that will just represent you. You can draw a stick figure. I don't care. Um, and then there's a lovely cross that my father built for me um, that you are going to go, and I'm going to play an awesome song that goes to this, and it's Bethel, and I love Bethel, so <laughs> just listen to this song. Um, but uh, when you're ready, just pray about it. Really think about what you're writing on the sticky note, and then I want you to have boldness, to go up to the cross and place it on the cross. And Jay Hyde did an amazing job with this yesterday, so you guys can do better. Um, so I really encourage you guys to just take this time. Don't care about what anybody else is doing. You know, write the sticky notes. You guys can start to pass the sticky notes down. They're on the sides of the aisles, this aisle and this aisle. And um, just pray about what you're going to write and listen to the words of this song because I think you will see it come together. Please bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this awesome time we had to just give it all to you, God. I pray that you moved in hearts today. Uh, I thank you for just giving me the words that you wanted me to share, God. I pray that they would go out and share the same thing. And I thank you for all those sticky notes on the cross that you would really just move in the hearts that surrendered and that you would mind them. That's an every single day thing. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Oh, and that we have safe time in Jaden Buster's. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>